We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. fans how you doing it's your boy john of the macri with you for another episode of the Knicks film school podcast coming at you of course on a uh wednesday a game day here in new york the new york knickerbockers are looking to start their next nine game winning streak maybe it'll be uh even more who knows or or maybe it won't we shall certainly see soon enough they're playing uh the chicago bulls in madison square garden tonight their last home game for a while before they go out west um and we have a great show planned for you today. Um, coming up a little later, we, I shouldn't say we, my producer, Andrew Claudio, who's here, and I'm going to introduce right in a second. But first, I'm going to um, praise him a little bit because, um, so for anybody who doesn't know, uh, then after the Knicks beat the Raptors on uh, Saturday, there was a, a video that went around of some Knicks fans giving some some gruff Guff, gruff, um, gruff to yeah. gruff, gruff, um, to a fan wearing a, a Lowry jersey outside the garden. And um, my wonderful producer, Andrew Claudio, found this young man, uh, Nicholas Tripaccioni. Tripaccioni, I think I said it right. Um, and uh, we talked to him, and uh, he's a really nice kid. And, uh, you know, so you'll get to hear that conversation in a bit. But before that, um, we're going to chat it up myself and my producer. Sometimes host of this host of this podcast when it's live stream version after games. Um, what other compliments can I? Oh, he finished. Here we go. He finished in second place ah. in our Oscar pool from Sunday night to my wife, I Dolores. Don't I don't know how she does it. She's that, a savant. That was impressive. That was impressive. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to bore people too much with Oscar stuff because if you looked at the ratings for the Oscars, I haven't yet. Well, ooh, oh, what, dude. So wait, hold go ahead, go ahead. Finish no, what, what were they? I just want to know what they were down from. Like, so the last year, the lowest Oscars ever to date last year was 23, nine. 23 million people watched the Oscars last year. The lowest ever. Okay. Um, This year was nine, eight. <gasps> 9.8 million people watch the Oscars this year. Yeah, John's face is, if you're watching this on YouTube, it's appropriate, which I can also say I, I saw this coming because, look, I, you know me. I love talking movies. The next project I'm working on, on is a movie thing. Um, but I also see the numbers of our podcast when they drop, and I saw significantly what they looked like after we did a full movie pod with Hatsun and it wasn't a it wasn't a terrible drop like you know 23 9 to 8 point to 9.7 gotcha. the Oscars got but just plain and simple people aren't interested in the industry as much as they used to That's... especially with the movies that were nominated this year no I, I get it 
But all that being said, shout yeah. out to Mrs. Macri, the Terminator of our movie pool on Sunday. Because <laughs> I got to be honest, and this is just my own insecurities. Oz is going off and you guys are all like, oh, look at Dolores keeps winning. And I'm like, I also have 12 of 12 predicted guys. Yeah, but you follow this shit. My I wife know, is like, you know. But then she pulls out, pulls Colette out Colette of nowhere. Pulls it out of her ass. Her documentary is like, oh, oh I, I am dealing with a savant here. OK. Uh Anyway, so um, we have some we have some Knicks stuff that we're going to uh, chat about. Um, we should probably just start by saying uh, the Knicks winning streak is is over, as I yes. alluded to at the beginning of the show. That wore, that stunk. I, I wore my hoodie to bed last night. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I was thinking about it all, all day today because I was very positive after the game and I still feel positive about it and whatnot, because again, it's, you know, intellectually, you tell yourself Julius Randle had a bad game. RJ Barrett had a bad game. Really nobody had a good game except for Derrick Rose. Nobody that, you know, none of the shot makers, Mm -hmm. Um, but man, would have been nice to win that one. It would have, but would have been nice. You want to talk about rational. I think this whole season we've hit points of irrational confidence yeah. And it started literally the third preseason game where they oh. had that comeback against. Well, they played the Cavs in the preseason. It right? was the it was the well no it, it was the Emmanuel quickly start that he had against the Cavs. Well, so it's the, both of them. So the third yeah. game they had that fourth quarter comeback, and all of us were like, you know what, this yep. team can make the ten seed. They can be a playing team. <laughs> and then the next game, Kevin Knox hits seven threes, and they blow out the Cavs. And it's like maybe yeah. they could be the eighth seed in the playing tournament. And Throughout this year, the goalpost has consistently moved. Yes. Then this this winning streak happened. And what what thought of like, let's just avoid the playing tournament has become like maybe they can catch the Bucks. So it actually was a nice not a reality check. But for me, at least it was OK. Now I can talk about this theme knowing they can lose again. And now they go out west and it won't like it wouldn't be as disappointing if they go into Memphis next week on a 12 game winning streak, the team that won the winning streak. And then yeah. all of a sudden it crashes and burns there. Now we can have some realistic, but, rational conversations. About you know what the tough part is for me is like, I've been watching as, as have you been mm-hmm. watching sports a long time and watching the NBA for as long as I could remember you, you know, when you're watching a team where you're like, I don't have to worry about the bottom falling out ever anymore. And I know I've said it a few times where I'm like on, on like post game live streams where I'm like, that's it. We're for real. We don't have to have those concerns anymore. And then it's amazing. You lose one game, one game to the team with the second best record in the entire league. And now it's like, they're going to play Chicago on Wednesday night. And I'm like, gotta get this game. Mm-hmm. Big game, huge game. Can't lose this game. And it's because you're worried that like, this six game West coast trip is coming up and there's no, you know, Houston's a patsy, but then it's like, what if they ever lost to Houston? What if Christian would have to get, you know, it's, you so, know, and that's, that's the feeling that like, I can't wait until I don't have that anymore, but then again, it won't be as fun. So I don't know. I don't know well, what I'm saying. I will say this, like that built in PTSD is a part of being a Knicks fan, right? It is. I'm wearing a Mets hat currently. It is part of being a Mets fan. I don't overreact to April baseball anymore, but I've seen <laughs> some sky is falling tweets because uh, Francisco Lindor was hitting 170 seven games into the season. It's a shame he has 154 games to figure it out. Um, <laughs> I will say this. The only thought of worry I had was when they just couldn't buy a basket. It was a little concerning that, down the stretch, I thought the Suns were going to run out of gas because they played Brooklyn they last They played night. the previous night, yeah. It seemed like they hit an extra gear and the Knicks ran out of gas down the stretch. But like the encouraging moral victory I actually take away from last night, down 111-102, I thought, okay, we're headed for... Oh, it was game over. Like I thought we were looking at a double-digit loss that's going to not look as close as the game was in the box score. Yep. Then they make that late run and it's 113, 110. And if a Hall of Fame point guard didn't well, turn into a Hall of Fame point guard, they might have actually had a shot to tie the game. So I, I take that fight as, you know what, regardless of what happens out West, like this team's going to be in a bunch of games. There's no unwinnable game the rest of the season. No, there isn't. And it, it was it was 
one Chris Paul miracle shot, one Chris Paul really good three pointer, and then the offensive rebound that they didn't get. Um, and I'm pretty sure there was like a Bullock makeable miss that was in there. So mm-hmm. anyway, um, yeah. So I just you know I'm, I'll have something coming out for the newsletter uh, later this week, in, in which I'll go. I'm going to go through um, every team of the last decade that has outpaced their um, preseason over under mm. at least 13 um, by over 13 games, which the Knicks are on pace to do in a shortened season, by the way. And it's interesting to go back and look and see how those things went right, how those things went wrong. And uh, spoiler alert, it's going to come down to Randall and like, what is, what is Randall? Um, And that's why I guess that's the difference, right? Is I remember a little bit more than you, but I'm sure you remember too, what it was like to watch Patrick Ewing. And as long as Patrick Ewing was on your team, you were always going to be in it. And then 12, 13, it was mellow with that cast of characters six games in. It was like, all right, we're going to be fine. I, I mentally I'm still not there with Randall as much as I've been the one saying he's in a shoe in for all NBA. So um, that race is over, by the way, he is a shoe in for all NBA. Cause as much as yes. we don't like the national media and certain guys like Simmons and Lowe and, and yeah, the, people, saying it. the people that drive the narrative, Simmons had him on his first team on the last, on the latest pod. Well, how much do you factor in um, games played? And that's the oh. biggest, that's going to be the biggest question. Well, that's, that's, it's, as far as I'm concerned, it's warranted. But as far as like uh, the fact that he's putting him ahead of LeBron, he's putting him ahead of of Paul George, like that conversation, I thought like when we've had this conversation, it's been, well, what are they going to vote for? What is the narrative going to be? And now it's shifted in his favor that, you know, be the biggest sports basketball mind outside of Zach Lowe is putting him on his all NBA team. Well, he's the most listened to. But and that's but what if, I'm saying. The guy that can drive the narrative probably better than anybody else is if, now saying if, that. If the narrative becomes in this season when quite literally everybody except the MVP and this dude have been dropping like flies, and even guys who haven't been dropping like flies. Well, Dame Willard did miss some games, but now Dame Willard's breaking down. Not breaking mm-hmm. down, but he's he's in a really bad slump. If you haven't been paying attention the last eight games for or so for Portland, like nobody has been able to keep it up. And Randall is in this very strange one of a kind season. So yeah, I think, I think it should become a bigger issue, not a smaller issue, but we'll, you know, we got a few weeks before, uh, before we get there. Um, well, what else? A, do, yeah. Well, sorry. That's, that's just the biggest takeaway for me of the winning streak is now yeah. Julius Randall, like the most, value, most improved player is done. Like he's won that. That's done. That's over. The, all of the other accolades that the Knicks are going to get this season are now, there's now something to point to this team. Won nine games in a row. I, I was concerned they were ever going to get to four in a row, and they did it twice. <laughs> so I'm now at the point where call? us Knicks fans, we actually have like playoff basketball to look forward to. Like, say they do have a disappointing West Coast trip and they finish four and six down the stretch, that's still 38 wins. That'll be enough to be the sixth seed. I hope. Um, you think I, so? I, what I act- team is going to turn it around all of a sudden? I, I don't trust I, Boston. I, I don't trust Miami. I have too much respect for what Miami does. I respect, but at what point are we just going to look at their net rating and their point differential and say, you know what? That might just be what you are. Yeah, it's funny. Their net is their net rating still around twenty or nineteen or eighteen, whatever. Yeah. It's it's not good. Um, it's been bad all year. And you figure with Butler back, it was but Butler's been back for a long time now. It's been a while since Butler was out with COVID. That was the beginning of the year. Um, or protocols. I don't know if he had mm-hmm. it. Or whatever. Um, I I don't. I don't know. Um, I think they need to finish. Like if you, if you're going to give me four and six down the stretch, these last 10 games, I think that gets them in the, I think, I think that gets them a, a, a top six seed. Me too. I think. And that's worst case scenario. I five and five, six and four, like all oh. these scenarios that get them to 40 wins and up, you know, I I'm just, I'm, I'm, and look, Look, nothing is the Clippers lost to uh, the Pelicans. Granted, the Clippers are very banged up right now. Um, But again, who's to say what what are they going to look like when the Knicks go into L.A.? Mm -hmm. Is LeBron going to be LeBron? I mean, we have to see LeBron on the court. We don't know that. Utah has lost two straight games to Minnesota. But hey, I don't feel as bad about the Minnesota loss now that I wanted to say that Um, even more so. Minnesota's beaten Utah all three times. All three times. Craziness. Yeah. Madness. So the, um, other th- the thing I want to surprise you with. Oh, um, yeah. You said you were going to surprise me. So go. So the Chris Paul convo that we started on Locker Room a couple weeks ago, that's now started to gain steam of can he opt out? 
Yeah. Is there a scenario where last season the Knicks could have gotten Chris Paul without trading Randall? Because that's what I keep going back to. Is that even if I did now in hindsight say the Knicks should have traded Chris Paul, uh, traded for Chris Paul, is there any scenario that happens without without Randall? Could they have all those guys that were on one year player uh, team options? Could they have opted in or picked up their options and then no. traded like Bobby Portis and Wayne Ellington out there as expiring contracts? There was me and God, I remember it like it was yesterday. Me and Jay back when JB used to cover basketball, um, we were texting back and forth one day about what what would be the wisdom of picking up the options for trade purposes and literally the only difference is that you wouldn't have the one million dollars in dead money for those guys on the books um no it, w- it would have come down to it would have come down to not signing the guys that they did it would have come down to maybe you know not taking on um what was it at davis's contract mm-hmm. um it would it would have involved some some like their season Assuming they would have the, the the way to do it without trading Randall, it would have come down to probably not signing like an Alec Burks or an mm-hmm. Erlens Noel. Um, and I don't if you're gonna give me they could well they could have just not signed Alfred Payton. That would not have that would not have gotten it done um, because they would have been operating as an under the cap. They would have been operating as an under the cap team. So it the the salary matching would have been a little. It's it's not as because usually, I, I don't want to get into the weeds on this, but let's no, suffice can. it to say, um, it would have involved them trading Randall. And that's a great pickup because I had not even thought about that. Because then the other question, the hypothetical, because last night down the stretch, seeing what Chris Paul did, I mean, you have to wonder. Like the, the takeaway I had as far as just them losing last night, it would have, it, like it sucked to lose, but one team had Chris Paul, the other didn't. The biggest difference in the Suns this year is they have a legitimate veteran closer that still has some time left in him. So I then wonder, since we've seen what Obi Toppin looks like with a competent point guard on the floor, (laughs) what's a higher ceiling for the Knicks? Like, I love Randall. I love what he's done this year. But would you have rather have rolled the dice with a trade that would have sent Randall to the Suns and then Chris Paul's here? Not even even a little bit. Okay. You wouldn't trade the season for anything. I wouldn't. For me, for me, Randall's emergence as a star this season is make sure I measure myself before I say something stupid. Mm-hmm. It'll be stupid. I, so here's what, what I was what I was about to say, and I'll I'll say it. I think it was the biggest thing that could have happened to this franchise, aside from winning the lottery this upcoming year and getting Cade. And I even have my doubts about that. And here's why I'm not suggesting Julius Randall is going to be a better play is over the next however many years is going to be a better player than Kate Cunningham is going to be Kate Cunningham might be a you know, future hall of famer for all we know, probably will right. be. Um, but the fact that he's not just an all-star, he's an all NBA player and a guy who, if you, you could, you could squint, and look at him, how he's playing now, and imagine him with a Chris Paul or a Kyle Lowry or a name, whatever, name your really good point guard with RJ Barrett continuing to get better. You could squint and see a world where he gets into not he where, where he's in like the MV, the outskirts of the MVP conversation now and gets into the MVP, like the actual like is Julius Randle the MVP? If again, a lot of things have to go right, but is he playing? well enough that players who have played this well and hit shots at this rate and, and ran their teams in this way, those guys are, they have gotten into the top two or three of, of MVP conversations before. And so you, you put that piece there, you factor in his age, 26. And then is the most important part. He did it here under a regime that believed in him. And boy, did that, I mean, that the ripples of that Woj interview mm-hmm. are going to be felt in this. I hope, I hope, I think, and I hope in this league for a very long time, because you, 
How much did they believe in me? They fucking came and took the job to run the franchise. That's how much they believed in me. And Kenny Payne and, and the Tom Thibodeau of it all and, and, and the whole thing. And, um, you know, uh, that that to me is, is as big a piece as uh, arguably as his play on the court. Or it goes hand in hand with the improvement on the court. And then the only other thing I'll just say, because you're like, OK, well, where are they going to get the point guard from? I mean, I... I <laughs> I think we, as Nick fans, should start maybe expanding our horizons. What do you mean? In terms of thinking of possible guys. Like, I'll throw some out there. Like, Portland, as I just said, is losing a lot of games. They, Say it. Say it. I need well, to hear just, it. Just, again, they're, look at the West. The Lakers are not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. The Clippers are not going anywhere. The Nuggets... You know, knock on wood, Jamal Murray gets back healthy, are not going anywhere. Um, the Jazz are not going anywhere. Like, those are four teams right there. Theoretically, the Pelicans could get their shit together. Um, the Suns are obviously doing very well this year. Like, there are teams, like, the Thunder have all the picks in the world. Like, those, at some point, they will do something and, like, come up as a franchise and be something. Like, the Spurs are the Spurs. Like, if you're Dame Lillard and you're in Portland and you're like, okay, so I got a backcourt partner who is really good and he's like almost kind of sort of an all-star and he makes $30 million a year and he's my second best player. And then I'm looking and then it's like, okay, well, I got like Robert Covington and I got some like vaguely interesting young, like what's to say that Dame Lillard couldn't be had this offseason? Like why, why is that insane? You know, my, you want to talk about PTSD. I'm not believing that the Knicks are getting somebody until he's here. But no, but I'm just as far like, as narrative goes. But this isn't this Wesson isn't the same on here changes things. This isn't the same bullshit, which is like, oh, it's the Knicks. Someone will want to come play for the Knicks because they're the Knicks. That was always bullshit. That's where the PTSD comes from, because that was nonsense. And it was shoved down our throats because of clicks and views and things. But like. If you're the Knicks now and you're a four seed and there's an opening here for a playmaker to come in and be the point guard who leads the Knicks to the, the fucking promised land and have statues built for you around the city of New York. And like, I don't know. Why is that insane? So they can my, put together- my counter. Sure. Not necessarily in the sense that I don't see it happening, because if you just took the Knicks out of it, like the label of it, you're muted. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying I'm seeing it happening, but I'm like, why is that not? Why like, is it insane? Yeah. Okay. So if you just take the, the teams out of it and just say a team that like led the league in defense is rooted, is in the Eastern Conference, it has an all star, has a bunch of young have cap space and draft picks and a lot of young players with potential. Yes, I could see it a, a, a an all star, a superstar, an all NBA staple wanting to come here. Fine, I, I'm with you. They have rehabilitated their their image that much. It actually then leads to my other thought on Chris Paul because uh-huh. I've been tossing around three for ninety. If you wanted to come here, I don't think that's going to be enough to get it done. I think the Suns will match whatever counter offer than he would have to literally say, "I don't want to play for the Phoenix Suns anymore." He, I don't, yes, I he would need to be like, "I want to come to New York." which all we've heard is he wants to go play closer to his kid and like where his kid is living and where he lives in Los okay. Angeles. And so. so it may, it may not be Chris Paul and that's fine. Which is but why Dame Lillard is interesting. I just, he's what is, is he 29 years old? He's 30 years old. Yeah, I think he's 30 like that. Yeah. yeah. He's 29 or 30. I think whatever it doesn't, it doesn't matter. He signed for four more years, but a lot of money, a lot, a lot, a lot of money. He's going to he's, uh, more as much money as anybody in the NBA over the, last, over the next four years. See, I think the, the his last year of his contract is like $48 million or something. Um, but it's okay because he's Dame Lillard. Um, I just, I'm, I'm also not sure. Like, here's the thing. Uh, look, there's always trades to be made, right? There's always trades to mm-hmm. be made. You could always finagle a trade. But if you look at the three other preeminent destination franchises on the coasts, Brooklyn, L- and the two LA teams, they are boxed in. Like they, they have no assets to. Tr- there is no, there is no Dame Lillard trade 
awaiting any of those teams. The Brooklyn, the Nets made their Dame Lillard trade. The Lakers made their Dame Lillard trade in, in the forms of James Harden and Anthony Davis, respectively. The Clippers made their Dame Lillard trade for Paul George. They have nothing left to trade. So then you go to Miami and it's like, okay, the looming dark horse in every trade conversation, how are they going to do it? Well, yeah, I mean, I guess there's a world where they cobble together enough, but then it's like they don't have a, any really picks to speak of. So if you're Portland and you're like, okay, I could have Tyler Harrow and like a first round pick and like whatever, Precious Achua or something. Mm-hmm. Or I could take all of New York's picks and Emmanuel quickly and Obi Toppin and like Mitchell I, Robinson or whatever, you know, whoever they get. A in, name I think you have, you haven't said yet that I think would have to go in a Dame Willard trade. Well, there's RJ Barrett. He's not going anywhere. I, I would don't want him to. He's not going anywhere. They're not trading RJ. Why wouldn't Portland say we want RJ Barrett? And then because New York says no. But then the conversation, why wouldn't it end there? Because I still think the Knicks could put together the best trade unless, 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 um, and there's caveats with this. um, Philly decides to offer up um, Ben Simmons. That's Mm -hmm. the only other team I could think of because it doesn't make sense for, it doesn't make sense um, for Denver, even if they were going to pair uh, part with um, MPJ, because they have Jamal Murray, and I still think they believe in, in Jamal Murray, and he'll he'll be he'll be back stronger than ever. Um, like, there's no other obvious. Like, all right, I'm Dame Lillard. It's come to this point in my career. I want to go try to win a title someplace, um, but I also don't. Here's the thing: I don't want to seem like I'm joining a bandwagon. That's the other thing for Dame. That would be the Knicks then. They're the other the team that doesn't have. Although Randall has elevated himself to that. that but like I think there's reputation superstar. Yeah. I think there's just enough bloom left on the rose that if, if someone were to come here, it could be perceived as it's not, it's the, it's not Durant going to the Warriors It is the opposite of that. So then I ask all aggregators out there listening that if you start to hear Dame Lillard trade hypotheticals or <laughs> rumblings from national podcast hosts, I'm they just started here first. On I'm just film school podcast. I'm just shooting. I'm just John shooting Demetri. the shit. I'm I know just, you are. But I'm just shooting the shit. See, this, I think, also speaks to and this can now circle back to the winning streak. This speaks to how incredible this season has been and what that streak was. I think as Knicks fans, we all especially after the trauma of uh, trauma, weird word to use, but the, the 2019 summer that no, that was trauma. That was trauma. Okay. I'm just, I'm comparing it to real trauma, but maybe for some of us, it was, it was real trauma. Okay. Andrew, (laughs) you're still working through it. We have, you'll be hearing an ad for better help on the, on the pod today. (laughs) I shouldn't laugh at that, but yes, you will. But yeah, listen to someone who's been using it. Believe me, it works. Maybe I could have used it in 2019. I could have used it. in. in, in, There you go. This might be a better ad than anything. (laughs) (laughs) Would you like to go back in time and have, and have uh, help for when you were sitting alone in a dark room with a open bottle of gin? Um, Anyway, continue. Because the Knicks didn't get Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. (laughs) Because a basketball team, that doesn't know you exist couldn't get the basketball players that you wanted them to get so the point of all this to say i think we've all trained ourselves especially after that summer that there is a certain level of player we have to like like a tier that we can't go to as far as they're coming here we need to go to like the 35 year old chris pauls the the eventual call anthony towns like the guys that don't make all nba but that next tier of player which is why people are saying lonzo and kyle lowry and dennis schroeder and maybe that's what this winning streak has done is shown some competency has shown that like as the the work has actually been done and like New York's still an attractive free agent destination again. They're, it's not as as bad as it used to be, despite what Max Kellerman says. Well, take out the words free agent because again, uh, and I'll lean Portrait on destination. Yeah, it's destination. That mm-hmm. is what it is. It's just a destination. It's no. I, I said it on the pod a few weeks ago, and and I echoed what what Wendy said on his pod recently. It's like you just have to be a team that a guy wants to go to, and the it'll get figured out from there. Yeah. You no. Know? And like, uh, I, I would be remiss if I just did not remind folks from 2018 article in the, in the Desiree news. That's my big brother. Lillard said, I remember barely being in the seventh grade, getting ready for an AAU tournament. And Johnny Bryant, Nick's assistant oh, coach wow. was in college at Utah and they would come <laughs> back and scrimmage us on the courts with no net. 
Oh boy, I, I love it. I start the movement, John. And I swear, if and when this, the, if and when the conversation starts happening nationally, we better get the credit. It, it shouldn't. It shouldn't start happening nationally because the focus should not be on Dame Lillard coming to the Knicks. The focus no. should be on the Knicks. I agree. Um, I, I'm. I'm just saying, you know, that as you brought up, as you brought up, the significance of the nine game winning streak and the significance of the season as a whole, which is again. It's not the Wizards just won eight games in a row, right? Mm-hmm. That means shit. Nobody gives a shit. One, because it's Washington and nobody gives a shit about oh, Washington. So look at all eight teams they play. <laughs> yeah, that too. That yeah. too. Well, not, not listen, not that we played any world beaters, but it, it's it's just when you Six do it. Nine teams or playoff teams. Like, yes, you're right. No, the, yes. The but there Wizards were did, the Wizards. I felt like they played the Cavs every night for all eight games. They it was more or less the guys. Um, but uh, they started the streak with the jazz, but again, how's that looking? Cause the jazz have been struggling lately. Anyway. Um, my point is when you do something like this, when the stakes are real and for anybody who was paying attention, and I know anybody listening to this podcast was paying attention, the stakes could not have been more real because there was all these, there was three months of good vibes. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed on the line going into that Memphis game and it felt like oh shit everything could come crashing down and then the streak happened and it's like you know and it all goes together the the, the tibs of it all and the Leon Rose and the Johnny Bryan and the Kenny Payne and the World Wide West and the Julius Randle it's all it all goes together it's all good stuff and uh look it, it shouldn't be about Dame Lillard but it should be about um continuing to to believe that more good things will be on the way. That's all. So um, this is where John embarrasses himself very briefly by, by admitting how little he knows about the draft. So there is a gentleman who has long hair who played for Clemson, who's going to be the number one pick in the draft. Correct. He's very good. His name is Trevor Lawrence. Okay. He's going to go to Jacksonville. There is another gentleman who played for why do I want to say BYU? It's not BYU. You'd be correct. B, it is BYU. It is BYU. Which is where Steve Young went. Yes, I think so. Okay. And he's going to be the new Jets starting quarterback. That is correct. Zach Wilson. Will be Zach the Wilson. Pick in the draft. Okay. And I, I know this only because I listened to the Simmons pod a few weeks ago randomly while I was folding laundry because that's what I that's Simmons is my folding laundry podcast. Oh, shout out Bill Simmons. Shout out Bill Simmons. Folding laundry. Um, he was talking about a quarterback who did he go to Ohio state or someone who was like, yes, who's, who was, was supposed to be is good, but has fallen down the draft ladder. Yes. Yes. His name is Justin Fields. That's it. Okay. Beats Trevor Lawrence. in I think it was the, see the bowl games this year were weird. He beat him in the, the, college football playoff this year okay okay in the two verse three the problem i'm confused whether it was the rose bowl or cotton they were all in the same building because of uh yes of bubbles but yes he he beat trevor lawrence in the playoffs this year okay um since his stock has dropped significantly from potentially being the jets pick it two and then if not the jets pick it two he'll absolutely go three to as early as nine, as late as 15 in the draft this year. Interesting. Okay. So I have I have one more question then we'll, we'll get to the interview. Um, the giants pick 11. Yes. I know you're not a giant fan. I know you're, no, you're no, no, I know though. Okay. I got you. 
how much are the Giants going to regret not taking, I guess it would be Fields if he's there, after Daniel Jones shits the bed this season? <laughs> so and, how soon, and how soon will that regret set in? I will say this. And this, the, the, if Schwinney Poo is listening, he's going to hate me for this. I don't think that the Bills quarterback, Josh Allen, is, I shouldn't say very good. I think he was elevated by a scheme that played to his strengths last year. Okay. And so whether that's possible with Daniel Jones, like Saquon's coming back. Um, they just signed a wide receiver from the Lions, uh, Kenny Galladay. That's Yes, I know. Best. I so he's like the best deep ball. Kenny Gallagher. Listen, I still do fans, two fantasy football leagues every year. One, one draft, one auction. Um, and Kenny Galladay is the single greatest investment I ever made. I got him for a dollar mm-hmm. oh, um, wow. for, for, and he's, I've this, I think I, Oh, I might have to give him up this. Cause you can only keep a guy for four years. It's a dynasty mm-hmm. auction. Yeah. Anyway, I know, I know Kenny Galladay very well. Well, so the thought is that if the giants then with their 11th pick, take the current reigning Heisman trophy winner, Devonta Smith, a wide receiver, and you're now uh, putting two weapons on the other okay. side of Daniel Jones with Evan Ingram there with, uh, they just signed a t- another tight end. So okay. I'm blanking on his name. Um, and then you add in Saquon coming back that there's your powerhouse offense that hides Daniel Jones's faults. Okay. And then you add in like this defense was really good last year. I, I, I listen, I watched barely enough of the giants to have some modicum of respect for their defense. So that's so as that's a result good. playing in a division where I don't know if seven wins will win it again, but 10 might. <laughs> so you just have to be like a mediocre and above average football team that wins 10 games okay. and that could win your division. And then you're looking at, Okay. Starting quarterback of a playoff team. Okay. Um, That's and that that is our draft coverage here on that, the next film school podcast. This is great because this 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 informed me and um I kind of want to watch the first round of the draft. I think I may actually yeah. watch the first round of the draft. I think last year was the most I've ever watched the draft because of what we, we were in the middle of a pandemic. So the uh-huh. only content we had after the last dance, I guess before the last dance, yeah, I think it was the before. NFL draft. Yeah. And then that gave, gave gave me four days of content to watch. So <laughs> now I went into this year while also, you know, working with you. And it's like, well, I know what the Jets are doing it to. There's no mystery to it. Um, no. I've been able to go down the rest of the draft and see what other teams are doing. Point is, NFL draft Thursday night. The Knicks don't have games for Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So if you would like to see a football team take a quarterback at two and then other teams pass on another quarterback because <laughs> – you know, something about black quarterbacks that just keeps ending up being a reputation. And then Mahomes ends up 11 and then Lamar Jackson ends up 32. I'm ranting. Point is NFL draft. Check it out. Um, I just uh, you gave me the uh, praise at the beginning of the pod for finding Nick. Um, I, it just cannot go unsaid that I like the good natured ripping of like as a Mets fan that's been to Yankee Stadium and been to Philly and been to Washington with Mets stuff on, there's a way to keep it friendly back and forth, yeah. like with Nets fans even. For sure. And then there's what we saw in the video. Yeah. And as you're going to hear with Nick in a second, like he was a kid that went to MSG for the first time to see his team play. And that's just, there's no place for it. So I was yep. very glad that you were on board with trying to set this. Oh, up. yeah. Good. We can 100%. do this with him and have him on the pod. Well, we're going to get to that conversation right now. Um, so uh, thank you, Andrew, for uh, shooting, the, shooting the shit with me for a little bit. And uh, yes, here is our conversation with uh, Toronto Raptors fan, Nicholas. Joining me now on the Knicks Film School podcast. Um, he is someone that uh, if you are a Knicks fan on Twitter, you have uh, probably seen over the last, uh, I guess, um, four days or so. Um, but, uh, not for a reason that we, we would have liked, which is what we're going to get into and why he's here today. But first, let me introduce him. Um, Nicholas Tripichon. I hope I pronounced the last name. Okay. How are you doing, Nick? Doing great. Awesome, man. Um, so let's, we got a little bit of backstory. So, um, Saturday, obviously, so we're, we're dropping this pod on, uh, on Wednesday. So it's about four days ago now. Um, the Knicks beat the Raptors uh, for their ninth straight win. Obviously, high point for um, Knicks fans this 
this century for me, at least um, I've never felt this good. A lot of good vibes. And um, unfortunately there was a group of Nick fans that were um, I'm going to say, I, I feel pretty confident in saying not representative of, of the fan base as a whole um, outside of the garden afterwards. And they saw um, a young man wearing a Kyle Lowry shirt. And that young man was you. Um, so um it, we, the video was about 30 seconds, but uh, I guess, well, wh- why don't we start with this? Uh, wh- what actually happened outside of the, the garden after the game? Well, it was leaving the garden. No, tough loss. We were walking down, <laughs> literally this step outside of the garden. It was pretty, like, chaotic. I mean, Knicks fans are pretty excited. Yes. They had some pretty harsh races going towards the Brooklyn Nets. But I guess... They're just a little excited when I passed by wearing the jersey they that their team just beat for their ninth straight win. So I mean I can understand why they're a little excited. But I mean I mean I, luckily I was just walking to Penn Station right next door. It wasn't it wasn't a long walk. Okay. So nobody nobody got like, you know, physical with you or anything. They're just kinda of yelling and screaming and okay. Well, Despite the fact that maybe it, it wasn't as, as bad as it, it might have looked, um, let me just, first of all, before I, we talk about anything else, on behalf of Knicks Nation, um, everybody who roots for this team, uh, everybody who um, <laughs> just wants to see the team do well and certainly doesn't want to put anyone else down in the process, except maybe the Nets occasionally. We might put down, you know, certain Nets accounts on Twitter in particular occasionally. Um, you know, I, I'm very sorry that that had to happen to you because, um, for one, I think it's great when fans go to other arenas and root on their team. Like, I've done it. Everybody's done it. Um, I know Andrew Claudio, producer, has done it in uh, multiple sports. Um, and you know, you just, it's, it's actually, I I think fun, good natured ribbing is like cool and okay. But you know, when it gets to the level, like it looked like it was, it was on the video, like that's, that's not okay. Um, and, um, you know, it's just, it's the world's most famous arena for a reason. Um, and it's supposed to be kind of hallowed ground. And I feel like, you know, because of that, maybe your experience was a little sullied, um, so yeah, um, on behalf of everybody, I'm, I'm sorry that happened. And, um, do, do you accept our apology as, as, yeah, as Nick's I forgive, forgive nation. I forgive Nick's nation. <laughs> well, we, we appreciate it, uh, very much. Um, and putting aside the fact that you seem like an awesome guy. So I, I, I do have, um, a couple of questions that I wanted to dig a little deeper on. First and foremost, was that your first time at MSG? I think it was right. Yep. What did you What did you think of just the experience of going to the arena? It was a pretty pretty cool experience. I mean, I've heard great things about the Garden. Like, it's a pretty historical arena. Where are you? So are, you're in New York, obviously. Have you lived in New York your entire life? Yeah. Yeah, and um, is there? Okay, so then that leads me to my obvious next question. Please tell us how, as a New Yorker, that you became a Raptor fan. Is, is it as simple as like? the teams that is in the city that I live in stinks and I need to find a different, I mean, what is it? It happened when I was like a kid. I don't know. I, I just had like one day I was looking at a bunch of teams. Okay. It was on the computer. And w- was Kyle Lowry already on Toronto when you decided yeah. to pick the Raptors? Okay. Was I, so I the first player I've ever seen DeMar DeRozan. Okay, so uh, th- we share something in common because I'm a I'm a big proponent of bringing Demar Derozan to the Knicks this summer, which everybody yeah. hates me for bringing that up, but that's that's an issue that I have to deal with. That's that's my personal grudge. Um, so I have two two quick things. One, I don't begrudge anybody who picks a different team than the one in the city that they live in because when I was, um, so you said it was a few. When did you start rooting for the Raptors? When you were like what nine, ten years old, something like that. Yeah, like 2014, I remember. Okay. Um, so that was – DeMar was there. Had they got – they had just gotten Lowry, right? Yeah, it was the year. And the Nets knocked us out of the playoffs in the first Okay. Round. Okay, so good year to start rooting for them. Um, and obviously around that time, the Nets were not doing anything good. The Knicks had just traded for Andrea Bargnani, which I could see a reason 
being enough to not root for the Knicks. Yeah. But when I so when I was young, I was growing up, and and again, Andrew Claudio, who's listening in the background, will will recall this era well. Um, the the quarterbacks that um, were heading the two football teams in this city were Dave Brown, and um, I, I believe it was Neil. It was Neil O'Donnell. That's Neil O'Donnell. Okay, I was about to say Neil McDonald. That's a different person. Um, Neil O'Donnell. They were not good. The Jets were not good. The Giants were not good. And that's part of the reason why I root um, for the Steelers um, because I loved I loved Jerome Bettis because he was you know big guy running around on the field. And I was like, I could do that, except I can't. Anyway, so you've gotten to root for the Raptors. I, did you enjoy the Raptors championship a few years ago? Yeah, it was a crazy experience. H- have you... Yeah, sorry, keep going. Especially because, like, with a franchise like Toronto, you know everything is going to happen to your franchise because you yeah. don't have the stacked players like Golden State had those years. When you were heading into that finals, because if I, if I recall correctly, they were underdogs, but it was not – Yeah. It wasn't, um, it, it wasn't seen as, like, an insurmountable feat to be able to beat the Warriors, but it, know, it, lot, it, they were dogs. A lot of analysts before, like the games, their picks would always be the Warriors. Yeah, no, that's I think I think I recall that. Um, when was the not to you know bring up any ill memories of any any uh, people who who like Kevin Durant? But w- was the moment that you thought you guys had a chance when Durant went down with the injury, or was it before that? I mean, I always thought we had a chance, but when he went down, I mean, as unfortunate as unfortunate as it was. I mean, it was kind of a sort of relief to see. Like, Listen, man. We actually I, have a chance to win. I, I, I acknowledged it before the season. Like, I would never root for an injury, but, like, the Knicks own the, the Mavs draft pick this year. If, if Luka Doncic were to suffer, like, some kind of um, not career-threatening, not too bad, but something that would keep him out for a while injury this season, I would I would not complain. Um, so, a couple more things, and, and then I'll get you out of here because you've been very great with your time. Um, you we're obviously in this video and it did, it did kind of go viral. What was it like when you realized that this video of you was like all over the place? Was that a crazy experience? I mean, it was pretty crazy. It's something you never think would happen to you, you you know, just going to a basketball game. But I realized like at night started going viral. I see that was posted in the morning is when it's really took off. When I looked at my phone, like all my friends sent it to me. They're all Knicks fans. <laughs> were, were, they, were they like, um, that's what you get for wearing a Lowry shirt? Were they like, oh, I'm sorry that happened to you? Or yeah, they were all pretty happy at that, honestly. <laughs> they were pretty. <laughs> sounds like some friends. That sounds like my friends, actually. That's what my friends would have responded. Um, okay. Uh, last thing. Um, the shirt you were wearing is of Kyle Lowry. I have I have flip flopped so many times this season in terms of if I could pick one player to come like in terms of like realistic player, you know, likely contract player that would fit in all of the different things. I I flip flopped a few times, but I think at this point I'm like pretty close to saying, give me Lowry on the Knicks next year running the point. Um, Where do you think Kyle Lowry plays next year? I mean, it's a tough contract he's asking for. Two for two for fifty is what we've heard. So that's a yeah, lot of money. Yeah. I mean, it's gonna take a team a lot of cap. I can see if no one really goes after him, doesn't want to spend the money. I mean, a sign and trade with the Raptors could be very possible. Oh, okay. So we're gonna negotiate a little bit here. So sign and trade um, would would purely we don't need to sign a trade. So this is purely because Lowry wants to do a solid for the organization that he has played for his not his entire career, but for the for the relevant portion of his career. So he wants to do them a solid. So if you're the Knicks, you'll play ball, but only so much. So we'll do we'll do a sign and trade where hmm, Kevin Knox is making six million dollars next year. Andrew, can I can I ask you to chime in for a sec? Do we do the Knicks want Kevin Knox at six million dollars next year? I can't imagine a world where Kevin Knox is the centerpiece of a Kyle Lowry sign and trade. But we could just sign him using cap space. That's why a sign and trade, the solid, I guess. Are the Knicks throwing a pick in here too? No, we can't. Come on, 
Well, but that's about, what I'm okay. saying. They can just how about this? In, okay. Sign him well, in free agency. How, but but again, Kyle Lowry has other suitors. He wants the team that he is going to to do his former team a favor, a solid. Nick, you any interest in in a Kevin Knox or a, or a Frank Nilakina in your life? <laughs> well, listen, let's not get crazy. Ke- Kevin Knox. So here's the offer. It's Kevin Knox, and I think we have Utah's like 2024 second round pick. That's the is that a good sign and trade for you? I mean, Kevin Knox. <laughs> Uh, he needs he needs some more minutes before I can make that decision. Well, I you but here's the thing: he may get he some minutes talent. under Nick he Nurse. Talent. He has talent. He's a nice young player. But okay. I feel like we can get more out of Kyle. Yeah, I I don't know. I'm I'm curious to see. Um, There's some is, trades at the deadline with Miami. Is let me ask you this: is there is there any place that you don't want to see Kyle Lowry? play next like i know for like certain favorite players i've had over the years i'm like oh my god i, I just i don't want to see this player play for like what you know the Sixers. you didn't want to see him go to the sixers really even if you would have gotten if we get multi tribal you you wanted Thibel? yeah not not tyrese maxi didn't want tyrese max okay I would have wanted Max. I like Maxi. I think Maxi's going to be good. But then again, he has. I was looking at his because I'm again a crazy person. I was looking at his game log the other day, and he had the one thirty something point game, and then his next best game is like in the teens. So you know, we'll see what he is. Um, anyway, uh, this has been this has been great. I, I hope this was um, uh, I don't know therapeutic, cathartic, something. Um, anything else you want to say to to Nick fans everywhere before you before we get you out of here? Well, good luck on the season. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun when playoffs come. See how the Knicks do. This is a this is a classy end. Oh wait, no, I, I forgot the most important thing. Do you want the Raptors to make the play in and and kick the tires on maybe getting into the playoffs, or are you like yeah. give me give me my twenty percent chance at a top four pick? I mean, I think they can make a good push. Um, the the attitudes on the team they're they're competitive guys. They are. They know how to, they know how to compete come playoff time. So I think well, we look, can see more I, competitiveness out of them. I, I don't, I don't, I, I don't think it would happen now unless we fell into the playing tournament, but like, I have no interest in seeing the Raptors again. I was, you guys kicked the shit out of us for what was it, <laughs> nine straight games. Anyway. Okay. Um, Nicholas, thank you so much for coming on the next film, film school podcast, everybody out there. Um, thank you for checking out this episode. And uh, we will of course be back with another one before you know it. Take care. Take care.